0: 720 WGN thanks for joining us this afternoon our friend Tom Skilling from WGN TV is with us Tom how's the how's the time change working out for you does that disrupt your day or your dog's day
1: no you know it really doesn't I maybe it's my old age or something like that at least I'm adapting uh, rather rather well to this how about you
0: Well, you know, the dogs want to eat an hour earlier. You know, they're in my face like, hey, it's time to feed us right now. I I swear they think it's dark, so it's definitely time to eat. But other than that, you know, know, we've been doing it our whole life. Just got to roll with it.
1: Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, Lisa, it's funny because it brings a lot of response on social media. There are a lot of folks who would prefer we don't change the time. And, of course, there have been medical studies on the impacts and all the rest. I'll tell you, I think the fact that I work in a in a windowless office, I don't see immediately outside a window that it's getting dark, uh, at least on work days. Uh, it doesn't seem to affect me all that much. In fact, the major change is, you know, we have these graphics we put up on television, and we use as backgrounds uh, a nighttime shot when we show the current temperature, when we've got the sun setting before we go on the air versus a daytime shot so i guess if that's the worst thing we have to adjust to uh we're doing okay <laughs>
0: and hi how ironic is it that the the guy in charge of telling us about the weather doesn't have a window in his office i know <laughs> but
1: you know what i'll tell you something i have these uh if we have these closed circuit uh direct feeds from cameras on top of, say, the Hancock building and the Sears Tower and from all over. So, you know, I tell people, even though I don't have a window in the office, I probably have a better view of what's going on than if I did have a window because I'm looking at at these camera images from uh, on top of, you know, the, the skyscrapers in downtown Chicago. So the vantage is quite clear in that respect. And we have weather bug cameras all over the place, too, so it works out pretty well.
0: There's one behind me right now. There's one in our studio that is facing toward Navy Pier, and that's one of those views that you get to see every day and I get to enjoy as well. And we're above normal. I mean, yesterday was pretty warm, right?
1: Boy, it was really nice. You know, there were only four other November 6s that have been warmer than yesterday when we hit 69. And we had a number of areas. Midway Airport hit 71 yesterday. I was checking the records. We've had 70-degree temperatures, albeit not very often, but as late as December 3rd around here. So it's not unheard of that you get some warm weather. But, boy, that ranked. I, I think I did a calculation and figured it was among the warmest 5% of uh november sixes in the last uh, 153 years and i'll tell you something um we got a little rain on the way tonight and tomorrow and a little cool down later in the week going into the weekend but even with the cool down we ought to be just a touch above normal and then go into uh some fairly substantial above normal temperatures uh, next week and into the following week so, you know, we're we're looking out through uh, past mid-month right now, mid-November, and it looks like uh, overall a pretty warm pattern. We have no recurrence of that cold air that brought us that Halloween snow last week. And We think next week may as much as 10 degrees above normal, which oh would be gosh. a pretty nice way to go.
0: Yeah, so are yeah. you talking possibly a 70-degree day or are you talking solidly in the 60s?
1: Don't see that yet, but I I see 50s uh, bumping up into the 60s. Remember, at this time of the year, the days are still shortening, and so our normal temperatures are still in decline. So, um, you know, if you kept your temperatures in the upper 50s right through next week, the fact that the normals are dropping off, it makes them look more and more above normal as you go along. But, um, you know, we've got a strong El Nino going, Lisa, and uh, these oftentimes, you know, no two El Nino winters are exactly alike, but there tends to be uh, an above-normal temperature trend during El Nino winters overall. Doesn't mean there won't be a cold spell or snowstorms, but they tend to be less numerous and the warmer spells tend to be more numerous during El Nino winters. That reduces snowfall. And so we'll see now. I, You know, typically these El Nino patterns are characterized by westerly jet stream patterns instead of northwest ones that come out of Canada. So this tends to be a, the kind of cold season where you're dominated more often than not by air that's blown across the country up the Pacific Ocean and therefore isn't as cold as the air we get from Canada. So we'll have our cold spells, I'm sure, but um, we may find out when we you know, close the books on the winter that we've had an above normal temperature winter and maybe less snow than uh, usual. We'll see.
0: We'll talk more about that next. First, Mary's got a check on the current temps and, of course, traffic. 720 WGN. Thanks for joining us. Tom Skilling is with us as he joins us every Tuesday. It's brought to you by Permaseal Basement Systems. We're talking about an El Nino winter, which we know it's shaping up for an El Nino winter. And for the Midwest, Tom, that means milder temps. All I want to know is, does that put us out of the grip of any polar vortex? Because that is one weather event that I just don't like.
1: <laughs> you know, you never can rule it out. Um you know, and it's interesting, for all the coverage these recent so-called polar vortexes uh, have, uh, have wrought around here, the cold air they brought into the area, the fact is they haven't lasted very long. You know, we'll get an intense week of cold, it gets all kinds of coverage, and yet when you look at the whole season, you find out that really is not a, you know, all that common. It's a pretty uh, anomalous event, pretty unusual. Uh, that's been the trend in recent years. It's not like these winters in the 1970s when we used to go below zero and we had a snowstorm every two weeks and wound up with, as we did in 78, 79, with 90 inches of snow. We normally get about 35, something like that. Um, We don't tend to get our winters like that as much. And, in fact, most of the warming that's gone on has gone on in the winter months, not the summer months around here. Uh, But it definitely has gone on. We're running two, three degrees warmer with our winters Doesn't sound like much, but that makes a big difference.
0: I miss those winters filled with just a bundle of snow and snow coming every other day. Love it, love it, love it. Um, But that—that's a sign of climate change,
1: right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, we're warming up. You know, I I saw an interesting analysis. There's a a fellow that we interviewed when we went up to Alaska. Uh, He does amazing climatological research work, and he put out a couple of graphics today on how the percent of winter snow that we've been getting has been declining uh, across the continent, uh, not so true up in northern Canada, but in Alaska and down here in the lower 48, we get a, a lower percentage of our annual winter precipitation as uh, snow versus rain in liquid form. So I, I don't think that'll surprise a lot of folks who are snow enthusiasts who have, No doubt I've been kind of disappointed in some of these winters of late, but um, that's been the trend, and that's part of the warming that's going on.
0: You talked about the the coverage that an event like a polar vortex gets, that it's nonstop, 24-7. But what I'm finding is some of these bigger, devastating weather events that do not happen in the U.S., are not getting coverage because there's just so much in the way of news headlines. And the one I'm talking about specifically is what happened in Acapulco. Acapulco. Acapulco.
1: Yeah. yeah,
0: It's not been on the top of most people's radar. And the devastation there due to that hurricane is, I mean, there's 11 Americans missing and we don't hear much about it.
1: No, it's really surprising. I've been blogging about it. You know, they had a 205-mile-per-hour wind gust. They actually had wind equipment that survived that and was able to measure it. You know, it's it's hard getting these top wind gusts from these hurricanes because oftentimes the instrumentation that would take the reading is blown away by the storms. But they had a 205-mile-per-hour gust. That would rank among the 10 highest wind gusts reported uh, at the surface of the planet uh, anywhere on the planet. Um, and 200,000 homes destroyed, not, not damaged, destroyed. Uh, there, you know, 45 people dead that they know of, there are still some folks missing. The devastation down there has been, uh, horrendous. And you know, it's interesting is that that storm intensified from a 65 mile per hour tropical storm to a 165 mile per hour hurricane in 12 hours time. And it did it over a warm pocket of water. This is where these warmer-than-average oceans are uh, impacting these storms. They're developing faster. They're producing more rain than they used to. And there been, have been studies that show these tropical cyclones, which the hurricanes are uh, among, um, are slowing down. So, um, you know, it's, it's really something. Look what happened uh, down in Florida. Uh, when uh, I went on shore uh, last year, the most yeah. expensive hurricane ever to hit uh, Florida. That thing intensified rapidly in just a couple days' time. Michael, before it that hit the Florida Panhandle, was the worst hurricane to occur there. Um, it was also another one of these rapidly developing storms. So, uh, yeah, there are some interesting changes going on. And Acapulco, the lack of coverage... Well, you know, Lisa, communications were knocked out totally. So we didn't get a read on that until information came out during the week that followed.
0: Yeah, when I read yesterday that 11 Americans were missing, I thought, how do I not know this? I mean, where is this information been? I guess I need to be following Tom Skilling's blog is what I need to be doing. <laughs> uh, I appreciate yeah. that you're covering it because I think so many Chicagoans spend time in Mexico, have been to oh, Acapulco. Yeah. And when you talk about 200,000 homes damaged Who or thought? demolished, that's a number yeah. we've not seen in this country.
1: No. And, and, you know, they're also saying nearly every building was damaged to some extent. There are pictures coming out of there of these high-rise condos. It almost looks like they are not sitting on their foundations properly. They've been so terribly damaged by that. Um, you know, a Cat 5, 165-mile-per-hour hurricane, the damage with that is described as catastrophic. And, uh, and indeed it is. Uh, you know, that, that, That's something. Because a storm like that will come in with an incredible storm surge as well. Uh, and there are poor areas of Acapulco. Uh, these areas are really exceptionally hard hit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, you know, trying to get supplies into folks there. You know, after a hurricane, you've got downed trees, roads are closed, all communications are out. It's a terrible thing. It really is.
0: Uh, Tom, I've got to ask you, and I don't think I've ever asked you this. What is your favorite time of year?
1: You know, I find beauty, and this will sound like a pat response, but I—it really is true. I—I I think every season has its beauty. I love the fall colors; I absolutely love it. But on the other hand, I love the emergence of vegetation in the spring, and in the summer, you got—you got those beautiful cottony cumulonimbus clouds that blow up in the summer sky. Uh, those are pretty neat. I can do without the smoke and the you know the haze yeah. and all and the humidity, but um, but I'll tell you, and uh, winter. You know, this. Uh, I, I think there's a beauty all its own to that, too, unless you have to drive in the snow that it produces, um, but uh, and the traffic jams that occur from that. Yeah. But what about you, Lisa? What's your favorite season?
0: I I really do like fall and spring. I love the change, and I think that Chicago yeah. is so beautiful. And if you enjoy all four seasons, I don't know that there's a better city to live in.
1: No, it it really is true. Uh, And it's really stunning when the fall colors reach our lakefront. You know, you've got that beautiful lakefront, and then we've got the fall colors contrasting with it. And having looked at green vegetation all summer long, it's fascinating to see the colors. Uh, It's it's too bad that the fall foliage is only around for (laughs) us a limited period of time because uh, it really is a sight to see, isn't it?
0: It went quick this year. What are we looking at yes. for the next four or five days? What's the Tom Skilling forecast?
1: A little bit of rain develops tonight. It'll be late tonight, and we'll have some occasional light rain tomorrow. Then the winds turn northwest. It turns a little bit cooler later in the week, but it'll be partly sunny on Thursday and Friday. We'll go into the weekend cool. We've got Veterans Day coming up. It'll be kind of cloudy on on Saturday and partly cloudy on Sunday. Well, There will be a 50-degree high Saturday and low 50s on Sunday. And then we we move back into the upper 50s, and likely there'll be some 60s in there next week. So we go back into a mild pattern again with this uh, Pacific air bathing the area. And that's a nice place to be at this time of the year.
0: All right. We'll be watching you on TV tonight. Thanks for joining us, Tom.
1: Thank you, Lisa. Always fun to talk to you. You take care. Happy Tuesday. Mm, thank you.